podcast for all your running needs. Welcome to the Run, Run, Live podcast, the podcast for runners, wannabe runners, and mid-packers of all shapes and sizes who just want to strap on their favorite pair of shoes and get out there. This is not Chris, your host. This is Ray Charbonneau. I'm the guest announcer this week. When you're done listening to the Run, Run, Live podcast, come visit me at y42k.com where you can find out more about my books, including the one coming up early next year about marathoning. So, and wherever and whenever this episode finds you, I hope you're doing great, and I hope you're getting your run in today. I know I'm getting my run in. You ready to have some fun? Come on then, let's go for a run. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to pay our respects to the Run Run Live 2.0 podcast. But before we begin our remembrance ceremony, allow me to colour your thoughts. While grieving is a normal part of human experience, I'd like you to also consider this a celebration. A celebration of a life well spent a celebration of a worthy endeavour. So join me now as we celebrate the passing of our good friend, the Run Run Live 2.0 podcast. Our good friend and running companion led a good, worthy and full life. We are thankful to have had Run Run Live 2.0 in our collective lives and as a partner sharing the joyous striving of our runs. I remember when Run Run Live 2.0 was born. Even then, it was a product of calamity. A stormy birth in December of '09 during the great Run Run Live podcast website crash of that season that saw the untimely death of Run Run Live 1.0. From those early beginnings, an old friend and companion emerged and was nurtured in our collective consciousness. Surely the universal overmind was made the richer for it. How many of us can take comfort as succour in the memory of a particular long run with Run Run Live 2.0 as our companion? Does some tidbit of odd humour 
or the turn of an interesting running story, perchance, come to mind. So let us not dwell on the passing of Run Run Live 2.0. Let us celebrate the worthy time we spent together, for we are all better for it. Now, a moment of silence for our dearly departed friend and companion, and I would ask you all to reflect in your own way on what Run Run Live 2.0 was to you. I think he would have wanted that. <clears throat> Bring out your dead as Ninepence. I'm not dead. What? Nothing. Here's your ninepence. I'm not dead. Here. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. Oh, I can't take him like that. It's against regulations. I don't want to go with the car. Oh, don't be such a baby. I can't take him. I feel fine. Well, do us a favour. I can't. Well, can you hang around a couple of minutes? He won't be long. No, I've got to go to Robinson's. They've lost nine today. Well, when's your next run? Thursday. You think I'll go for a walk? You're not fooling anyone, you know. Look, isn't there something you can do? I feel happy. I feel happy. <laughs> Ah, oh, thanks very much. Ah, oh, See you on Thursday. Right, all right. Who's that then? I don't know. Must be a king. Why? He hasn't got shit all over him. Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode of the Run Run Live 2.0 podcast. This is Chris, your host, and we have a mediocre show for you today. Ha! See? All these years. I've been saying, we have a great show for you today, and I was lying to manipulate your emotions. How do you feel? Used? Emotionally deceived? Betrayed? Not me. I feel great. In today's show, we will do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, including a long chat with my running buddy Frank, who was the interviewee of episode one of the Run Run Live podcast in June of 2008. We'll do a little reminiscing. And we'll talk about what the future holds, and we'll thoroughly disregard copyright laws. Did I say that out loud? Damn, i got to get my meds adjusted. I hope you all enjoyed your week off. I know I did. I was down in Atlanta for the Monday-Tuesday, and then I flew back Tuesday night, met my wife in a hotel at the Boston airport, caught a couple hours sleep and jumped in a plane at the Crack-O-Stupid off to Seattle, where we bummed around and were tourists for a couple days. Wednesday was my birthday, and we had fun. We did a bunch of exploring and eating and sightseeing and such, and then we flew back Sunday. You know, after two or three days, we get pretty sick of each other. <laughs> we get sick of each other's company, and we're ready to get back, go to work. Buddy... My friend Buddy, the Wonder Dog, the old Wonder Dog, he spent the week at my brother's house. They they are dog people, my brother and his family. They lost their last dog a few years back, and they love to have Buddy hang out with them. Because, you know, Buddy's a good-natured soul, and he can hang out with just about anybody who's willing to throw a ball and give him a pet every now and then. I managed to meet Colin, the resurrected runner of podcast parody song fame, and we went for a little jog and a cup of coffee. It's fun to finally meet people in person after you've had long virtual friendships. I find that runners, though, they're genuine people. And they're just as nice in the protein form as they are in the ephemeral. 
There's no slashers out there in our social network, I don't think. No creepos. I've got a nice little maintenance routine going on my workouts. I run five or six miles, easy, three times a week. Do two bikes, two core workouts. And I've got different flavors of routines, and it's a nice balance. So I cycle through different different workouts. And another wonderful thing about these maintenance workouts is that they're shorter, like 45 minutes, and they're less intense. So if I miss a day, I can just double up on the next day, and it's not overwhelming. So I can combine like a core and a bike. It's pretty cool. For those of you new to the show, none of this may make any sense, I know. But go back 100 episodes, and you'll get lots of running tips and tricks and stuff. And I apologize to you. You have been fortunate or unfortunate enough to make an acquaintance with the Run Run Live 2.0 podcast. And this is its last show. Hope you enjoy our swan song. On with the show. the equipment check. Looking back, the interesting thing about podcasting is it's a form of time travel. I'm not the man who first spoke to you in June of 2008, and this world is not that world. But we can, you and I, go back and listen to that show and and hear history in the present tense. It's a bit, bit surreal. When I started podcasting, I had an idea. I saw that running, for us, is not strictly a physical activity. It's not only a physical activity. It's not a competition in the true sense for us. I had the idea that running and endurance sports are a catalyst, a vehicle for transformation. And I didn't want to talk so much about the physical act, but more about how that physical act was a catalyst to transform our lives. Hence, run, run, live. Amateur endurance sports is a lifestyle, it's a community, it's a state of mind, and that's what I wanted to share. I did not have any desire (laughs) for the show to be about me or to be my personal blog. I thought that was a bit of a trap if I started down that road. Technically, I wanted to learn. I have always been a technology early adopter, and social media was no different. I wanted to see how far I could spread my reach and what tools I could use, how I could create an avatar of myself, and I wanted to implement the mechanics of it all in a test tube and play with it. Structurally, I wanted the show to be fast-paced. I knew what I liked and what I didn't like, and I didn't like overly long, rambling diatribes And I lost interest quickly in those formats when I listened to them. And I didn't want to just do a record my thoughts while running podcast. That was too easy. So I created and honed a format that would crisply cut from one topic to the next in a standard repeatable format. And I did that on purpose. What I was trying to do was to create a product that was repetitive in a way that was comforting to the user. They knew what to expect and when to expect it. Bang, bang, bang. That's what I wanted to do. I knew I could not creatively or with creativity fill an entire show by myself talking, and I knew that would be boring. So I went with the interview format, and I tried to keep the interviews short and concise. 
I went with a, a weekly format for the same reason, to create a comfortable rhythm with the audience. They knew what to expect and when to expect it. I confined myself to 40 to 50 minutes of a format because that's how long it takes for me to run five miles. <laughs> and I wanted it to fit into a standard workout session. My vision was somebody would take this out on their standard easy run, their meat and potatoes run. And if the content was over that time limit, it forced me to make choices and to throw out lesser content. It's a process that in publishing <laughs> they call killing your children. So you have, to, you have to make choices because it won't all fit. And I think that helps. And creating a standard format also made it much easier for me to put the show out. Instead of a creative act, it was an assembly where all the pieces already had slots. And I made an early decision that I would create a weekly show in the time that I had available to do it, and no more. And to me, it was more important to be predictable and to publish the content on time in a good enough form as opposed to fussing over it and making it perfect. And over the years, you've gotten to know me. I tried not to talk about myself or about paces or accomplishments or any of that stuff, but I'm sure you picked up a few things between the lines. I call myself a mid-packer because when I cross that finish line at the Boston Marathon, I am smack dab in the middle of the pack on a good day, if I've been training. And I think I've run somewhere in the 30-something marathons over the past 15 years and scores of lesser races and lots of interesting stuff. I do enjoy triathlon and cycling, although I'm not very good at it. My favorite distance is probably a 30K or a 20-mile road race. Long enough to test you, but not long enough to kill you. And my favorite time of year is the cold winter months when the air catches and pulls your breath away. And I like being out in the trails as well. I find that very enervating. And besides time travel, another cool thing about podcasting is it allows you to create an avatar. It's like moving to a new town where no one knows you. You can make up a personality. And the host of the Run Run Live podcast, well, that's me. But it's only one facet of me, one face of the pyramid, and I like that. It's the anonymity of the internet. You can be anyone you want. You can listen to my avatar and you can have a close personal relationship with its voice without us ever having met. And the voice has been very important to me. One of my goals with the podcast was to perform the audio, not just read it or talk it. So what you get is scripted. These words, it is written entirely for audio effect. That is the craft that I've been practicing on you for me. <laughs> it's a handy skill set to have in life, the ability to tell good stories. So my friends, as you amble down this road of life, think kindly of the Run Run Live 2.0 podcast. And if you ever, and I mean ever, need anything, you know where to find me. And I guess uh, I'll be seeing you out there. And now for our featured interview. All right. Now we're recording, Frank. Sweetie. All right. I'm going to set my watch. So I'm going to walk my dog. Boy, it's dark outside. No moon. Hey, it's dark and it's friggin' cold. Yeah, well. It gets but that's that why, yeah, that's why we live here. None of this mamby pamby 50-degree stuff. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. You know, I was talking with a guy out in Seattle last week when I was running with him. He's like, well, you know, it gets really cold a couple nights a week, a couple nights every winter here. I go, what's really cold? He goes, you know, in the 20s. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's all well, right. You know, I, I like cold weather because it means less laundry. You know, I can get two or three runs out of a, a winter pair of apparel, but in the summer, I have to burn the, I have to burn it. Yeah. The other thing is, um, it, uh, all the stuff dries immediately because your house is so dry. Just you hang anything up, just snap dries. So it it might be stinky, but it's dry. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't get funky. It doesn't get as funky. So, so what have you been up to? Well, let's see. I have, I have the distinguished, uh, record of not running for almost three weeks. Now, I have to say I had two runs in those three weeks, but just to remember what it was like. But I made a conscious effort to um, to back way off because my, uh, well, my, my orthopedist guy that I see every now and then said, you might want to just rethink your running, Frank. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, there's there's some certain structural things that get in the way, like uh, you know, arthritis. But, right, you know, and that's yeah, that's the problem. That that's my latest uh, and most yeah serious malady. I do have arthritis in one hip, and doesn't mean I have to stop. But let's wind it wind it back a little bit. So yeah. you and I did this as our uh, we did podcast number one. In 2008, I think it was. I think it was June of 2008. Okay, that sounds right. And if we look at what you and I were doing at that time, <laughs> mm. you were running yeah. 80 mile weeks and, uh, and turned it in sub, uh, sub three marathon. I know, I was, and that's the funny thing. It's only four years ago, Chris, but if I didn't run seven days a week then, I was rather upset at myself. If I took a day off every two weeks, that was, um, it was cause for great, great disruption. And now I got to tell you, I'm 51 and my typical running week. Well, it's a little unusual now cause I'm, I'm backing way off for this whole month, but I'll run maybe three days a week. And I have to tell you, <laughs> I had, I did a, uh, an interesting thing. I rented last Saturday, one of these things, you'll know the name, an elliptico. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The elliptical bicycle thing, yeah. There you go. So, you know, I'm curious about it. I'm reading a little about it. I'm saying, oh, that's a silly, stupid thing. Well, you know, I got curious, and I called the shop, and they said, sure, you can take it overnight, and the next day, and fine, just bring it back. So I took it out. And I wasn't expecting to like it. I didn't want to like it, quite frankly, because yeah, I'm a runner, and runners run. But I liked it. And it looks it looks really goofy, Frank. Oh well, I'll tell you, Chris. I had no no less than three people. I only went out for 40 minutes, maybe a 10 mile, a little less than that. I had people stopping me, gawking out the windows, pointing as if they had seen some kind of aberration which they had but yeah and i let my daughter do- i let my daughter try and she was rather um tickled with it yeah so i actually did the unheard of thing what's Go the difference what because when i was doing an elliptical i found that it still stressed um a lot of the running parts you know it does so it's not you know what's unusual you're standing the whole time so it's like being on a bicycle a little bit but you're definitely using more running core muscles, and you're also, since there's a sense of balance, 
because you are on two wheels. You're on a, essentially small 20-inch bike wheels. It actually works your um, core pretty well because you're upright, and um, it's really fatiguing. An hour of this thing is probably like two and a half hours on the bicycle. Did you take and it on a on a flat course or a hilly course? Oh no, I was I was going on the hills. It has eight speeds. I tell you, the best thing is a gentle like two percent hill, like a one percent yeah. one. That is perfect because you you kind of downshift and then you lean forward a little bit. It's got wide handlebars, and you're just basically grunting, and you get your heart rate up pretty close to running. Yeah, so for people who don't know what this is, the elliptigo is they take an elliptical machine and they mount it as the drivetrain on a bicycle. That's so you're basically right. doing the elliptical, but it's driving a bicycle. How does it balance right. on that? Did it, did it have the arm part too, or just the leg part? No, the, uh, your arms are the handlebars are you know probably up at uh, just beneath your shoulder height, and they're fixed with two handbrakes, and it's a nice shifting system, very easy to get used to, and. Uh, I tell you, 20 minutes on it, and I was I was rocking and rolling, and I was comfortable with it, able to go yeah. like I I averaged 12 miles an hour, and yeah. you know I was probably clocking 25 on some downhills. It's frightening going downhill. It's downright, <laughs> it's downright perturbing. It's you're you're standing. Just imagine standing up going down a hill with you and the road beneath you, and nothing much else. So it's it's yeah. exhilarating. It's it's fun. Yeah, it sounds like fun. So, you know, the big question here, Frank, is uh, is what happened to us? You know, I was rolling off of Mount Washington to an ultra. I just did my 10th Boston, and uh, here we are. Wow. You know, you're 51, I'm 50, and uh, neither of us can run anymore. Do you think there was something we did that uh, is causing us not to be able to run now? Think yeah, I know, exa- I know exactly what it is. Whatever whatever it is you love, you do too much of it. It's called the zone of insatiability. <laughs> Except when she says no. Well, that's the exception to the rule, right? Um, yeah. But but you know how it is. You get a little ahead of yourself, and you think, "Wow, I ran three oh six at Boston." Well, come on, three oh four, three oh two. Oh, let's you know how it works. So you yeah. just get a little ambitious. You get a little ahead of yourself. And I'm not saying I regret any of it, but, you know, it's fun to kind of play those games. <laughs> well, I think I think the takeaway is you got to do um, the speed work and the hard intensity workouts with some moderation. Yeah, that's that's the stuff that puts the abuse on your body. It's not really the – I mean, a lot of miles do as well, but it's the it's really the intensity. That, it's the that intensity. I agree. And what you guys had to do, what you and Brian had to do to go from 306 to 250, whatever, was yeah. exponentially more intensity than I was right. frankly willing to invest in at the time. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's going to that kind of dark place. And I don't think yeah. we ever understood. We didn't even understand what it would take. Because it took no, us like I... six or seven tries to get below three hours. And then... Yeah, yeah, you have to ask yourself, how badly do you want it? And what price are you willing to pay? But I, I love the whole journey. I'm not regretting any of it. Yeah, and I think um, one of the things that, that makes it so much fun is it just simplifies life. When you're in that dark place mm. and you're doing those hard workouts and you're running every day, it just makes life simple because you wake up and you say, what's my workout today? 
right, my job today is to run those right those miles after this hard workout. Yeah, you don't even question it. It's odd that you don't question it. You just kind of my my mission today is to strap on these shoes. I know it's snowing, but I'll go out. <laughs> well, well you know. let's face it, it's the camaraderie, Chris. I couldn't if it's January, third week in January, and I'm sitting at home on a Sunday, something's wrong because, oh, that's dairy. <laughs> that's right. That's our, one of our favorite races. Or, you know, the third Sunday in March. Oh, that's uh, New Bedford. <laughs> yeah. So, so when, when, did they start, when did they start canceling races for weather? What's up with that? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> I don't think New York had a choice. No, I mean, not that one, but I mean, just your local race. We used to, in general, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we used to like it when we got the weather because that gave people like us a chance. It was the great equalizer. You know, it turned it from we figured who was stupid enough to show up. I would hope for the worst weather. Then the the quality runners would sleep in, and mid packer Frank could show up and stand a chance. (laughs) Right. I know. I don't know when they canceled. I think that uh, must be an insurance requirement. To get bonded at a race, you must cancel if, if the the local magistrate declares it a state of emergency. But, yeah, that's a kind of unusual to cancel a race. It's like canceling football because of weather. You just don't do it. Yeah, we've had some of our most fun in snowstorms and rainstorms. and The most yeah. fun, yeah. Because then you get done and you go, wow, that was something. I mean, if I don't do anything else the rest of my life, that was something. <laughs> somewhere somewhere in my photograph collection is a picture of you with icicles coming off your beard after probably a four-degree run somewhere. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Con- condensation from your breath all over your beard. You were unrecognizable. You were unrecognizable after a two-hour run. Those are memories. <laughs> yeah, those are good memories. And that's that's what I like. You know, I like camaraderie. I like getting out there the uh, track sessions. I mean, I know we didn't run the same track schedule, but for at least buddies of mine who we did track every, what is it, every Tuesday night, yeah, or Wednesday night, I guess it was, I just remember crawling home after a workout and putting a pillow between my legs and just being able to get to sleep (laughs) with all kinds of hurt in my legs. But then waking up, you know, the next day and by Early afternoon, I had figured out my route for that run, and I would get out there, and by golly, I'd be recovered. Not not fully, yeah. but... Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm working on recovering. I got my... Uh, I'm Actually, I'm, I'm learning a lot from this latest injury. I mean, in the course of us running together over the last 15 years or so, I've gone through three major injuries, countless Ooh. minor injuries, but right. I had uh, I had the torn Achilles. I had the smashed knee. Yeah. I had I got a car accident and broke my patella, and then I also broke my ankle. Trail and fasciitis, right? Yeah, that's that's what we got now, and I'm going in to get yeah. that work done next month. So okay. I'm hoping to come back, and we'll see if I can talk myself finally talk myself into not taking it all the way to the edge. Yeah, I'm only running three days a week. But um, one thing is cool is I'm learning a whole lot about like core workouts. Yeah, you know, we were talking about. Um, the strength workouts. Yeah. And, you know, when you first start doing it, you're a runner. You think you're strong. You know, you think, oh, I run 70 miles a week. I'm strong. And then you go and try to do some natural body motion stuff, and you look like you're having an epileptic fit. (laughs) 
That's quite right. We may be strong in certain muscles, but flexibility and core strength, that's stuff that you got to, yeah, I bet you are learning a few things. Yep. Yeah, so, so it's uh, actually quite, and, and after you, um, it's like anything else, once you start doing it for a while, you get good at it, and it starts being a really excellent workout, right? Something you can look forward to. Good. So, well, know, I, le- get- I learned how hard it is to stand on one leg with your uh, arm extended and your op- opposing leg out. I mean, that's balance, and that's, it's firing a lot of muscles that you don't use in the act of running. You know, just we're doing this, these workouts as part of the strength and conditioning program, and I'm being really tested because I don't have that kind of strength. Yeah, well, like I said, it takes like three weeks, and then you figure it out. Your body figures okay. it out. Your body is so adaptable. You, know, you, right. you were talking. We were talking about doing lunges, right? You know, reverse yeah. lunges, balance lunges. And the first time you try to do a lunge, you fall flat in your face because you have no balance. That's right. Yeah. Oh God! But then you figure it out. Your body, your body's malleable. It figures it out. So I get this. Well, um, I, I, I got this plantar fasciitis. I'm going in for the sonic treatment on December okay. 6th. And then the doctor's going to try to make me take uh, physical therapy, which I'm going to tell him okay. no. I'm going to go and contract my uh, my sports uh, massage person instead for uh, for you know a month worth of weekly sessions and work on flexibility and uh, deep tissue right. instead right. because well, that's way more valuable than the Right. Physical therapy has its limitations, I think, in the initial stages, if you can learn the maneuvers to get yourself strong. But but a lot of physical therapy is is stuff you can figure out sometimes it's on your theater. own. I'm not saying everything. But uh, I'm, also I'm with telling a, you, it's Frank, I'm telling you, it's eighty percent theater. Yeah. <laughs> and I well I and I I realize that and I've seen a lot of uh, and had a lot of contact with physical therapists and um you know the more time I'm with them the more I realize I I'm usually my instincts about what I need to work on for flexibility and strength are dead on. Yeah. You know, as athletes yeah. we we certainly get to know our bodies extremely well, our weak links, what we need to uh work around. And I guess that's your point about speed work, it does tax the body in ways that sometimes you don't realize until months later. You know, yep, injuries, sure. injuries, and injuries show up well past the actual time you've you've gone to the well too many times. So uh, are you going to run Boston this year? Well, that remains to be seen. My orthopedist isn't recommending it, but, you know, I and I'm taking that to heart, but I, I plan on doing Two days of running a week, maybe three. I'm going to run on this Alter G treadmill. You've heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the space. Yeah, the space anti-gravity it treadmill. Basically, lifts you off a belt, and and then I'm going to probably rent or buy one of these elliptigos and get on that twice a week, and I'll do some treadmill running because that's soft running. I'll do some street running, and I'll get my long runs in, but at a very conservative pace. So I'm signed yeah, up. I mean, I'm I'm in, but I I'll pull the trigger in February when I feel like I have some conditioning. So I'm gonna take it easy for a month more, slowly, ever so slowly, just start to creep up, and we'll yeah, see how. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm gonna try to do too. Is three three days a week, three or four days a week. Uh, see if I can ramp it up. Stay in the woods. Stay off the tar. Yeah, that's the track. That, right. 
And what I've done is I've set up, I got a, a trainer, a fluid trainer for uh, my oh. triathlon. So I can mount okay. the bike up and you can, Beautiful. you know, basically watch TV and ride the bike and do your bike yep. workouts. And then you're you do your it's core. all about cardio. Yep. And then you do your core and you're getting in and I'm doing uh, sort of a, a high cardio, low weight, lean muscle core routine. Okay. So, so that means you're getting three or four runs, two bikes, two or three cores. I mean, that's a good, good week. Yeah. And I think, I think I can run a marathon that probably not a qualified marathon, but. No, but Chris, you have the knowledge and experience. How many, tell me how many marathons, if you ran Boston this year, what, your, what, 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 how many would that be? I think that would be 37. Oh yeah. That's a little experience. <laughs> yeah. That's about, that's about twice as many as I've ever run. And I'm kind of, my career is coming to a close on the marathon, but you know, you yeah, know what the beast, you know what the beast is. You just have to respect it and, and enjoy it, man. That's, I plan on enjoying this year's Boston. You know, I, all my Boston's, I loved every one of them, but you know, some of them you'd rather not remember because they were painful. Yeah. They were awful. So yeah, I'd walked away from a few of those and said never again. That's and I right. came back, you know, cause it just makes you mad. Because most of the time, when it's that painful, it's because you did something really stupid. That's right. (laughs) It's not not the race's fault. But, uh, yeah, no, I really enjoy showing up in the crowds and talking to people. It's just like going home. It's like going home, you know? It's like Christmas Day, yeah. To me, it's like as joyous and uh, and celebratory as a national holiday. (laughs) Yeah, so I got a I got a waiver number for this year. I got to send it in. Oh, good for you. Well, hey, you're going there. It doesn't care whose ticket. <laughs> yeah, good for so, you. So what else? You doing any racing at all this winter? No, I've been very quiet, Chris. I'm not going to race one bit. Um, I probably raced my last race late October, and that kind of told me I need to. Uh, actually, it was end of September, so it's been a long time. I'll I'll probably go to. Uh, New Bedford. Yeah. I don't even think I don't think I'll entertain Derry unless I'm. Uh, no, I don't even want to say I'm going to entertain it. <laughs> I, I want to be really smart. Derry is a great race if you're ramping up, but 16 miles that early in the season on a very hilly course is probably not what my hip needs. So I'll do yeah. I'll do Eastern states because I, I, you have to put in a 20 miler anyhow. Might as well do it in the most beautiful locale, right, right along the uh, New Hampshire Maine seacoast, and flat. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of um, packed uh, sand you can run in that on the on the side of the road there. So it'll be forgiving. And then yeah. I'll just put my feet up and get ready for Boston if it's to happen. I'm not gonna I'm not etching it in stone yet. Yeah, I bet you could give it you know three or four months. Cardio really. Life. Yeah. I bet you could give it three or four months off, and I, I bet you'd be surprised at how much better it gets. So, um, you know, God willing, I'll be there. On that famous day, on Patriots Day, I hope to be in Hopkinson. I do. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to uh, whatever the hell it was you were doing. <laughs> Feeding my parents dinner, and it was a good one. <laughs> well, we'll let you do that. And uh, that's it. 250 episodes in the can. Hey, Hey Chris, it's been an honor, and I have to—I have to get this off my chest. I blame you for a lot of misery in my life <laughs> because because you were the guy that really introduced me to marathoning. My brother 
talked about this Chris guy, and he said, you know, Chris guy, he's going to run some marathon in Lowell. And I said, what the Christ is that? And I think that was in 1998 or so. I didn't well, that was when we all ran, right? Didn't, didn't right, and we all ran, and um, I, I, I signed up for the damn thing with my brother and you, and you had a great, you had a great marathon. I think it was close to 306 or some ungodly Yeah, I qualified that day. Yeah, yeah, easily. And I came in, I don't know, 320-ish, and I couldn't believe what I had done. In a, in a post, uh, uh, I couldn't believe the pain I felt, and then I, I couldn't believe, oh, wow, okay, I can do this. So you introduced me to that whole world of uh, pain and joy. Yeah, so, and, now, and now you're crippled. <laughs> well, and I don't, like I said, I don't regret any of it. Do You don't regret the things in life that test you. That's what running is. It tests you. It brings great rewards. Come on. It's it's the whole ball of wax. It kind of magnifies your life. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a good uh, magnifying glass. It's a good telescope. Whether I see you at Derry or New Bedford, uh, uh, I'll be darned to see you in Hopkinton, whether it's on the side of the road as a spectator or as a uh, participant in this year's uh, Boston Marathon. Chris, it's hey, good to I talk can, to you. I, I'll, I'll share the Galloway book with you, you and me. <laughs> okay. All right, bud. See ya. Hey, all right. Good night. Ciao. Bye. Whose uh, funeral is it? Yours. Looking forward. So, my friends, where are we going from here? It was time for a change. And I know you're afraid of change, but change is our natural state, and change is how we learn. And I'm going to take some time, and I'm going to reconstruct this podcast. A few weeks back, I asked you what you liked and what you didn't and discovered some things. I sent out a survey to my mailing list and got over 100 responses. That's actually quite good. SurveyMonkey, by the way, was one of those social networking skills that I've acquired. Thanks for all your deep responses and well-thought-out comments that you sent back to me. I read them all. So, 
What is it that you like? Well, you like the interview segment. (laughs) For my new format, I will focus more on the interview. I'll probably make it a bit longer. Uh, Try to do a better job of guest selection and questions. You like my self-help outro bits. I'll make that a segment and try to apply some rigor, flesh that out a little bit, apply some rigor to the topics and string some related topics together cohesively. And amazingly enough, you like it when I talk about what I'm up to. So I'll try to do that as well. You like the dog, but I've got to tell you, though, he doesn't actually speak. So I'm not sure what to do with that. And he is 10 years old. You don't like my music, (laughs) which I already do. And uh, you're mixed on all the other uh, frivolous content. And I'm pretty sure I can wrap up a new format around all this stuff. And I'll work on that over the holidays and try to commence a monthly schedule going forward. I also asked you to help me prioritize some of the projects I've got in my project folder. And the top priority was to create a book out of my self-help outro bits. And that works nicely because I can use the new format to flesh them out, record them, and create a compilation. And it'll end up being sort of a chicken soup for the runner's soul kind of enterprise. Maybe I can cut a deal with Jack Canfield. There you go. That's it. That's my go-forward plan, such as it is. I will probably create a new feed for the new show. And you can get, remember, you can find all my old shows on my website at runrunlib.com. And whatever the new show info is, I'll make sure to drop a note here on this feed. But if you want to be really sure not to miss something, you can join the 220 people who went to my website and asked to be on my mailing list. And don't worry, it's safe. I'm not selling anything. I don't need your money. Money is useless in the zombie apocalypse anyhow. You know that. What you will need is a strong core and good cardio. Okay, my friends, that really is it. You and I have sauntered hand-in-hand to the end of the Run Run Live 2.0 podcast, 250 episodes or so in the can. And as Jerry would say, what a long, strange trip it's been. Next week, nothing. (laughs) The sound of crickets, the whisper of butterfly wings. That being said, I've got stuff to do. I have to send in my application for Boston. I haven't found out if I can get a number for my daughter yet, but I did get tipped off to a book by our old friend Elma. You remember Elma. This book is about a guy who runs the Boston Marathon with his daughter. See? Everything has already been done. You might as well just stay in bed. And speaking of books, we were speaking of books. I read the Paleo book last week. You know, all these diet books have the same format. They start out with I was sick and close to death until I discovered, insert your favorite diet plan here. Then they relate a couple of amazing transformational case studies. Then they tell you that the government and the food industry are lying to you and trying to kill you. And once they've whipped you into a drooling emotional frenzy, they drop a couple recipes on you and say, sign up for my newsletter. Well, this diet is very similar to the old zone diet. It does seem to have more carbs in it, but basically it's eat a lot of meat, seafood, vegetables, and some fruit. Avoid grains, because they make you sick. I'm going to give it a try, (laughs) because I like meat, vegetables, seafood, and fruit, and I'm a sucker for a good story. The interesting and apparently true story here is that the hunter-gatherers, before we settled into farming, were taller, fitter, and generally healthier than their farming counterparts. And he makes the leap 
to this being because they ate meat, got exercise, and slept a lot. You guys are adults. You can make your own decisions. It's a decent read. Uh, have some fun with that. I have my extracorporeal shockwave treatment. I'm going to be sad when I can't say that anymore. I have it scheduled for December 12th now, which is going to put a crimp in the timing of my spring training, but it allows me to run a Thanksgiving race and participate in the Mills Cities Relay with my club, which is cool because I miss racing. I'm not going to race hard. I think I can jog off some eight-minute miles without making my foot angry. I've been running three times a week for a while now, and my foot feels great. I can still feel the PF in there, just sort of a seed, just sort of a memory. I can feel it there, but it's really light at this point. So I'm almost to the point where I'm saying, crap, I'm getting better. I don't need the treatment. But I think if I went back out in the road and ran hard or did any speed work, it would it would flare up. I think it's fitting for me now to talk to you about, well, about success or perceived success. And my mom, my good old mom, always said to me, you've done very well for a guy who never had a plan and just fell into things. And I guess I have. I've been very fortunate to have all the things that make a person successful. I've got my health, the health of my family. I've been able to put my kids through school and support their dreams, whatever those may be. And I've been able to pay the bills. Some months easier than others. Some would say I'm lucky. I don't think it's luck. It's our natures as humans to be restless souls. And you need to know your strengths and weaknesses. You you come to that knowledge through a lot of work and introspection and trial and error. I am who I am. You are who you are because of the steps you have taken and because of the questions you have asked. And by asking those questions, you gain a knowledge of self. And that allows you to work on your craft, on your machine, on your world in an effective way. The first thing I would say, if someone asked me, for instance, what are the top three things you have learned from all this, would be that you can only be successful by knowing yourself. Know yourself with the full understanding that you will never fully know anything. But you can keep waking up every day and asking the questions. And the second thing I would say is to do the best you can with what you have today. How were you able to be successful in that job that you fell into? Well, you were successful because you showed up every day with a great attitude and applied your gifts to it. You tried to love it every day, and if you didn't love it, you found something else, and all the while asking the questions and getting better. The third thing... I would leave you with is to take chances, not just any chances, but big chances. Do epic shit. You only have one life, and you're not going to learn anything about yourself by taking it easy or playing it safe. Go epic or go home. You and I know that anyone can run a marathon. Know yourself, bring your gift to every day, and do epic shit. And I'll see you out there in Run Run Live 3.0 land. Ten points to whoever can guess the movie I stole the outro music from. Another ten points to name the singer. Fifty points to name the year, the context, and the country of both movie and the song. Ciao. Sir, I have a plan. Monsieur, I can walk! again